I'm Rob. And I'm Nate. And welcome back to Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. And this likely will not be an exceptionally long episode. And we probably will both be less favorable to the movie we're about to discuss because of the movie we just completed yeah. watching. We just recorded our episode on Terrence Malick's absolutely breathtakingly beautiful film, The Tree of Life. And now we're going to talk about the 2020 film starring uh, Russell Crowe called Unhinged. Not a movie I'd describe as beautiful. No. The only thing that could be described as beautiful about this film is Karen Pistorius. She seems like a a beautifully loving, caring mother. Yeah. South African-born, New Zealand-raised actress that I thought was American. Pistorius? Could be. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. She's an unfortunate woman in this film because she is the victim of a serious case of, of road, road rage. rage. So I remember when this came out, this came out in, I think, early August of 2020, and it was one of the very first films to get a theatrical release after phase one of COVID and things started to reopen in, in theaters. And I thought it was, I think this is probably a good choice for an early, because people were kind of ragey and it's really not that demanding and you know it's got people know who russell crowe is i recognized the guy who played the the friend who was a lawyer and i didn't recognize anybody else yeah it's it's a it's a no a no-name film it is in the tradition of an exploitation film it is duel meets falling down it is unhinged and it's a very angry dad, cannot... angry and dad botted Russell Crowe because he's I don't know if that's prosthetic or if he's really let himself go. I yeah <laughs> yeah I he he has got a gut. I I texted you after I watched this. I uh, watched this first. We ended up watching it in very close proximity yeah, like to each day. other, but not together. Yeah, uh, I texted you after I watched this, and tell me if my description was accurate or not. I said that minus the glasses, this is John Goodman in like 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. You know, change his beard trim, put a pair of glasses on him, and this is Walter Dobchik. Mm. You know, and but Russell Crowe, and I cannot think of a better term for this movie than unhinged. Yeah. The way the film opens with Russell Crowe Breaking into that house, murdering the guy. Murdering his ex-wife and her husband or lover or whatever. Yeah. And you find out a little bit later that he is both a recent, recent-ish divorcee and he lost his job at the plant. The plant closed down there in L.A. Yeah. And he's not in a good mood at all when he... Uh, but he murders them. He pours gas around the house and sets the house on fire. And yeah, drives off. And then later on that morning, Karen Pistorius, as Rachel, has the unfortunate happenstance to have get, gotten stuck behind him at a traffic light. And the implication that I took is that Russell Crowe essentially just fell asleep at the wheel, sitting at the traffic light, and that's why he doesn't move. I don't think he fell asleep. I think what happened was he was just he he just killed two people, and he was just like well, he admits in, to have having been distracted at the light. He was just. And he clearly was tired, but anyways, she's sitting behind him at the light when the light goes green, honks at him, he doesn't move, she drives around him, and he chooses that this is 
infuriating, infuriating enough and cause enough that he's going to follow her and teach her a lesson and courtesy. Though it didn't necessarily have to go that way because they have that early conversation where she goes ahead of him and then they end up kind of kitty corner to each other and stuck in traffic and the, they roll down the car windows and he's really talking more directly to the sun because of the way the cars are lighting Well, he up. tries to talk to her and he yeah. does the whole, what, no courtesy tap? Yeah. But he basically says, if you apologize, we can move on. And I honestly think that he would have. If well, he had I don't the think he would have because later on when she does apologize to him, he's like, that's not sincere enough. But, but it And was, I think that's how that interaction would have gone even I don't then. know. I don't know. I, 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 think, I think that he was looking for an excuse to, to, to go further crazy, you know, to, to, to just con- because he was unraveling. But I also feel like he had this sense of himself as being an extremely principled person. And if he had said, you do this and, I, and then we can move on, I think he would, you know, he would have. But for various reasons, Rachel was just not in the mood for that today. Yeah. She's going through a divorce. She's got her brother and his brother's girlfriend living at home, and she, you know, she's she loses a client. She's a, a beautician. She loses a client because she overslept. It's going to be late, and, and has to get her kid to school. Yeah, and he's concerned about being late to school because something about if you're late enough time to get detention or something, and he's you know concerned her bad habits are going to cause the implication him to get is that she runs late a lot. Yeah, but. I almost said Walter. <laughs> Russell Crowe, whose credited character name is Man, uh-huh. continues to follow her when she stops for gas at a gas station after dropping her son off at school. He pulls up behind her at the gas station, steals her cell phone, hides the iPad in the car so he can use the iPad to track her with her phone, and begins this road rage incident. And... She sees him at the gas station, and the jump scare that actually yeah. got me, both of us in this film, just a, another polite citizen in the gas station walks out with her and trying to be semi-tough to trying to dissuade this Russell Crowe character, you know, gets his license plate and is standing there and is like, you made the right decision by staying here. And then he tries to run him over, goes out into traffic, the guy slides off the hood of the truck and gets creamed by an oncoming car, like... It, yeah, it is It is a jump scare, and it is the rare earned jump scare. Like, it didn't feel like a cheat. Like, like it Well, was I just thought he was going to get run over, the, 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 you know, something was going to happen there. So when he comes off the hood, I'm like, okay, this guy dodged a bullet, but that seems unlikely from this Russell Crowe character. Yeah. And then as he's, like, lifting himself up off the pavement, the car hits him square in the, the head and yeah. just creams him. And I jumped. Yeah. And they tried to replicate this later in the movie. And because they'd already done it, yeah, it didn't work for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And that's after Russell Crowe's character basically pits a cop and leaves him his car sitting sideways across the freeway. A semi-truck hits the broadsides of the cop car and creams the cop. And, yeah. This it scene, didn't work nearly as well. Yeah. This movie is largely chases yeah. and tense conversations on telephones. And well, and then there's that scene in the diner. Yeah, the scene in the diner where he kills the lawyer, Jimmy Simpson, who plays Andy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like the only other guy I recognized because he was on uh, Westworld and a, and, a, and a few other things, mostly cable. I want to say the newsroom, yeah, and cool. and a number of other things, mostly a, a premium cable actor. But anyway, he yeah he goes to he goes to town 
on this guy and and that's that's an, I mean these this is not a great movie. Well, uh, well, well, but it it is what it is very well. And the only like telegraphed thing that <clears throat> I thought was even even remotely good in this film was the moment that he threatens her son. She says, "You know, if you go after my son, I will do whatever it takes and I will kill you." Mm-hmm. And then of course, after she gets her son <laughs> from the school, he tracks her down and is threatening her son. Threatens her brother, holds him hostage for a while, kills his Sets him on fire. Sets him on fire. Does all sorts of things to to threaten her loved ones. Yeah. And whoever wrote this, I can tell you, took an introduction to screenwriting class. Carl Ellsworth was the writer. Because Carl Ellsworth sets up and pays off, where are my candy cane scissors? Oh, this same guy, it's the same guy that wrote Disturbia. And the 2012 Red Dawn, which I know you didn't care for Disturbia, so I don't think I've ever seen all of Disturbia. Really? No, I've seen yeah. good portions of it. Yeah, but yeah, so that leads to the candy cane scissors scene. Where are my candy cane scissors? Yeah, you got to keep your eye on them. Oh my heavens! <laughs> but yeah, so she goes to her mother's house, her son Kyle's grandmother's house. Kyle's hiding, Russell Crowe finds him, has knocked Karen Pistorius out multiple times, and she wakes up as Russell Crowe is choking him with an electrical cord, and she finds the scissors and stabs him in the eye. He falls down on the ground on his back, you know, implying that he might be dead, but of course, he can't be dead, you know, and so... She takes her son and is checking on him. And, of course, Russell Crowe starts to get up. And then the telegraph thing you could see coming from a mile away, she boot stomps the, the scissors <laughs> and kills him. Oh, it's, yeah. it's trash. It's, it's, it's Roger Corman with a budget. Yeah. It was... Did you regret seeing this? No, I didn't. I, I, but I, it's not good. It's not. No, it's not good. And that's what makes it good? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's a B-movie. It's an exploitation movie. That just happens to have Russell Crowe in it. It's what, about an hour and a half? Yeah, it's an hour and 30 minutes. Definitely rated R. It's perfect for what it is. It is currently free on Amazon Prime, though I don't know for how long. Mm -hmm. It seems to have actually come and gone from Amazon Prime, because I swear I saw it on Amazon Prime for free once before, and then I went to watch it, and it was not free. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly again this week it was free. So, I don't know what's going on with it. But it is currently, at the time that we're recording this in April 2021, it is free on Amazon Prime mm. if you want to watch it. If you don't want to watch it, you're not missing a lot. No. It says I rated this as six stars. I, I, I'm going to have to fix that because for me, this is like one on the four star scale and four on the ten star scale. You know, I would, I would give it two stars and I would give it five stars on the ten star scale. Would you really? Yeah. What makes it... Because I'm I'm kind of fond of this kind of trash. And honestly, part of it is I just hadn't me... seen something like this in a bit. And I hadn't seen something like this with a star in it and a budget. To and... me, Karen Pistorius is somewhat redemptive in, in this film. Yeah. I liked her character, but Russell Crowe is... There's aspects of this that are deeply disturbing. That diner yeah. scene is deeply yeah. disturbing. I I, th- I think it was probably... It was fun to see him an Oscar winner slum it. 
Okay. You yeah. know, and I think he enjoyed making this. Thing. I'm not sure if he did. Russell Crowe seems to have had a come down in station. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, I guess actually, let's look at the box office on this. Yeah, I'm a little curious. Now, again, this did come out in 2020, mm. and it was like the first theatrical release. This says it had an a estimated budget of $33 million, which seems a little high. Yeah. It had a opening domestic weekend of 600000 but oh. this is in a COVID world. Yeah. It says it had a domestic gross of $20 million. Right. In a COVID year, you probably have to be pretty happy with that. Yeah. And it says it had a worldwide gross of $43 million. Oh, it made money. This made money. Yay. And it's continuing to make money on streaming mm-hmm. and video on demand. And it's so this of, has probably made at least fifteen to twenty million dollars. It's kind of neat to see just a a film that's you know a, a, a studio film that's got a big star in it, and it's just like it's it's not trying too hard. You know what this kind of reminded me of, but the the other one was more successful was Law Abiding Citizen. It seemed to kind of be going for a similar vibe. Did you uh, see change, that one? Changing Lanes is another one that came to mind. Yeah. But I felt like Law Abiding Citizen was better than this. Mm. Not by a significant amount, but it was better. It's one of those films like that. What was the one where uh, Halle Berry is trying to like save her daughter? And I, I think I know which one you're talking about, but I don't know the name of it. It's like they've, they've got just a kind of a slightly trashy exploitation premise and they got one star yeah that's all you need well anything else to add on this not really (laughs) crap it just ticked over to 15 minutes with the edit it'll be under 15 well we took that little break so Uh for the video clip so with Mm -hmm. that it'll be under 15 all right but yeah i'm rob i'm nate and this is rob and nate record a podcast and a less than 15 minute long episode till we spoil it with all our post uh post gabbing yeah, yeah. What did, did so? How much was your watching of this influenced by me having texted you and said I watched? That? I had recently. I saw it because it was on the the banner. It's like, oh, yeah. new release, and I kind of wanted to see it because I'd actually heard, like, it's a guilty pleasure film. Is basically either the is. writer or the director is from Utah, and he was interviewed on the KSL movie show. Okay, when this came out, mm-hmm. and that was what had put it on my radar. But, like, I wasn't going to go to the theaters. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know. So, I'd been aware of it, and it was one of those, like, oh, I'll watch it eventually Watching when it comes it, to streaming. I watched it kind of like you would watch something that just comes on TV. Yeah. Because, you know, you just mentioned it, and I'm like, you know what, I'm kind of curious to see it, and I bet we can get a short episode out of it. Yeah. Did my texting you spoil any of it? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Not that I recall. Yeah. What did you make of my John Goodman comparison? It's apt. I mean, if this movie had been made in 2000 rather than 2020, he'd have cast that. When did, when did uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane come out? Uh, 2016. I mean, because even like that John Goodman could have done this. We should, at some point, you should see Barton Fink, which is a Coen Brothers film, where John Goodman plays a character of this stripe. <laughs> okay. Sounds interesting. Well, I think we've mined about everything there is to mine out of Unhinged. Mm -hmm. Could you have thought of a better description or title for this movie? No, not really. 
and it it it's also it'd be hard to think of a more ironic companion piece to Tree of Life. <laughs> it's like I will kill you. Yeah, yeah. As we were wrapping up that Tree of Life episode, I'm like, how do you transition to unhinged from Tree of Life? <laughs> well, even though we we watched them in reverse order, it's like we can't start with this and then go to Tree. It's like we got to get all of our Tree Life energy out, and yeah. then and then in the the dregs and backwash is when we can talk about unhinged. Is the appropriate moment to talk about unhinged? Yeah. <laughs>